0: man nah. How soon it's all like snow, and the sun forbids to shine.
1: Man, good morning. God bless you. I think Gary's feeling what we felt real early this morning. The presence of the Lord's here. He's been here. We came for prayer service this morning at 7. And he's here. He's going to do a special work in us this week. If we're willing, he's ready to pour into us and pour into us to where we're overflowing. Because that's what he wants. He wants us to take what he's going to give us to people that are thirsty for him. want to. Thank you for being here to worship with us this morning. Also, we'd like to extend a very special welcome home to Lane and Judy Sargent. We know that the Lord's brought them. He's anointed them to minister to us this week. I also know that you mentioned this morning that you was walking around and inspecting that new building over there. Looks wonderful, doesn't it? Well, the pastor's been talking for a while that we need 800 volunteers. And I hear property rates are real low right now in Middletown. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> wherever that goes. <laughs> but we're so thankful that they're here with us for a week at least. You know, I was looking up the word, I mean, we know the biblical meaning to revival. I mean, church people know what revival is. But I don't know why. I was just curious. I was going to look up the dictionary meaning of revival this morning. And if you look it up, it says to improve the condition or strength of something, and I don't know if that hits you like it hit me, but if that's not what we want at the end of this ri- revival, then I don't know what it is we're looking for. I'm looking for God to improve my condition and to give me strength to keep moving forward in this fight because it's not easy, and if we're willing, he's ready. He's brought the man, anointed him. We need to pray for him that the Lord gives him strength to get through, what, seven messages in five days? That's a marathon of marathons right there. So if you'll join with me this morning, let's pray. Let's let's invite the Lord in. Let's start this off right and let's invite him in to anoint us. Lord, we're so very thankful that we have this opportunity to be here at this place, at this hour. We know that you've appointed this time, Lord, because you want to invest in us. You want to pour into us. You want to do a new work in us. Lord, you want to improve our condition with you. Lord, in our relationship with you. And you want to pour strength in us. Lord, because you want to use us in these last days. We pray anointing over Pastor Sargent, Lord, that you would use him in a very special way to your people, Father, because we know that you've called us to a mission and you want to use us. And we want you to have your way with us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and we thank you. Amen. Now let's get out and invite each other in this morning.
0: Like a raging fire burning my soul, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Like a raging fire burning my soul, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Like a raging fire burning my soul, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Like a raging fire burning my soul, baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Like a raging fire burning my soul. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Let it rain, Lord. let it rain, let it rain. of heaven, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, rain, Lord, open the floodgates of heaven, let it rain, oh, give it praise.
2: Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want you as you're seated to this week. I know we're preparing today or starting revival this morning and thankful for what God is going to do. I want you to join with me. Maybe I should have had you... Uh, Stay standing, but I want you to join with me and continue in our worship by praying over the nation of Israel if we can this morning. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you this morning for your eternal plan that's been in motion for your people. And God, we pray that you would touch the people of Israel, the nation of Israel, God. And we pray specifically for the peace of Jerusalem. God, we seek the good of those people that are called your own, and God, we pray that you might prosper them. And Lord, I know as the end times play out, prophecies are fulfilled all around us. God, you're bringing more and more into the land of Israel, God, those that have been scattered even. And God, I pray that you would touch, and I know that you're going to reveal Jesus Christ, God to your people, and God, we love you, we praise you for it, let us be a part, God, as we pray and bless them this morning, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to share scripture as we worship the Lord with our giving this week and today, I know that Pastor can share more about this, but I know that um, uh, our evangelist and Reverend Lane Sargent coming all the way from Alabama, we were talking about all that was going on back home just now. And I know that, that none of that compares to what God is going to do. But I want us today as we give, and I know as a church and as believers, I want us to give from the bottom of our hearts and bless Him. This is the scripture that God has put in, in my heart as we give today, not only our offering but also our tithe. It says in Galatians chapter 6, and verse 9, it said, Let us not lose heart in doing good. Let us not lose heart. Let us not be discouraged in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of the faith today. I'm not trying to be gimmicky in any way, shape, or form, but I am ready and prepared for God to touch me this week. I'm ready and prepared for God to touch my family, and I'm ready for God to to touch my youth group and my church today. And I want to give in accordance to what I feel like God is going to do. I want to just get it ready. I want to give and plant, even even in my giving today of my resources, I want to plant something in the ground, preparing myself and my heart to give. Uh, or to receive from the Lord also this week through revival. So as we give our tithe today and continue to obey the Lord in that, let us also think and pray about giving as the Lord has put upon our heart in the offering today to bless our, our evangelists and to also prepare our hearts for revival this week. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your presence that we sense and feel even now. And God, I pray some of us, we may have just stumbled into... Revival, God, we may have just barely made it. God, we may have felt dry. We may have felt discouraged. But God, I know this is that due time. I believe that the Bible speaks about that there's going to be a harvest that is going to be reaped this week within our lives and even our walk with you and our relationship with you. And God, I pray that you'd speak and refresh and renew. And God, we give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. With your majesty I fall
0: to my knees, I love you endlessly, with the beauty of your son, Lord, I find myself undone, I love you endlessly. I love you, Lord, Savior of my soul, lover of my With your majesty. Check my secret place, Lord, I want to know you more than I ever have before. I hope for you, Lord. I want to sing that again. I wrote this song in probably one of the darkest moments of my life.
3: It was one of those times where you
0: And you just, you pray and you pray and you pray. (laughs) And you know your prayers are going through, but you're not feeling it. (laughs) Lord, I want to draw close to you. And I just kind of wrote it as a prayer. I hunger for you, Lord. Let me sing that verse again. I hunger. For you, Lord. I long to see your face again with your glory, glory all around me. Check my secret place. place I want, want to know you more than I ever have before. I hung. close and to show you Lord that I love you like I never have before I really want to show you Lord to draw close and to know you I hunger. I won't tell him that I hunger for you, Lord. I hunger hung. for you, Lord. Lord come and pour out on us this morning. I hunger hung. for you, Lord.
4: Would you stand with me just for a few moments this morning? Psalm 42 says, David was writing, had the same spirit that Gary's singing about this morning. He said, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for God, for the living God. He goes on down in verse 5 and says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. How many of you know the Lord is looking down upon us this morning? You know, we have many more than just this crowd that's here today. We, I believe, have an audience of heaven. I believe the angels of God and who knows who else is allowed on those balconies of heaven to look in. But I know... The presence of God is here. The power of God is here. The Holy Spirit is here. Jesus said wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in their midst. I'm telling you, there's more than just us here. We have the countenance of God looking in on us today. I want you right where you are to put aside every thought and all the cares of this week, today. I want you, you're in his house this morning. You've come hungry. hungry. The Bible says blessed are those who hunger thirst after righteousness, for they shall be, for they shall be filled, filled. I want you, if you would, with me to just lift your hands all over this sanctuary. Lord, we honor you and praise you and thank you for your presence that's here today. We honor the fact that we know you're looking upon us. Lord, we've not come into a place that's just a building with four walls and people with problems. But, God, we've got the the problem solver, the way maker is here today. And we honor you in your presence. And, God, we've prepared ourselves. We're ready for revival. We've come hungry. We've come thirsty. We've come ready, Lord, to receive from your mighty hand. We honor you today and bless your holy name be with us now throughout this week, every revival service, we pray, God, for the morning services today, for this evening, for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and on as we carry the spirit of revival, Lord, into this last hours and last minutes before you come. We honor you to this morning, and we give you praise, and we glorify your name and lift you up. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And I want you now to put your hands together and give the Lord praise. And I mean not a little bit. Let's do honor him with praise this morning. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Turn to somebody tell them, say, you're looking mighty fine today. Have a seat. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I wanted to come up and speak a word about our guest this week. I want to remind you that we will be in revival at 1040 this morning. We'll, he'll be speaking again at 6 o'clock tonight. Pastor Sargent will be here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night is Esperanza night normally, but they have invited us to come into the revival there. They're part of who we are, so they're joining us for revival. So we're having revival all the way through Thursday night. And it's going to be a wonderful time. I'm believing God. One of the things that stuck out to me was a text I received from Brother Sargent this last week. He said, I'm believing this to be the greatest meetings that we have ever had. And I took that to my own prayer time and I said, God, let it be so. Let it be so. We have a lot going on here. A lot going on. Not only are we building this building and it's coming to completion, and that means we've got a lot of work to do, but we've been in, we've got the talks, and finally, after a second lawyer, we're working hard on finalizing some of the the needed uh, uh, procedures that we needed to get a hold of the title and the deed for Clayton Street, it's going to be a great year. God is working, and it's time now, and so we've got to be empowered. Everything else is falling into place, so now it's time for us as a church and as body of believers to get ready for what God wants us to do. We're going to move into a beautiful year, and God's going to bless us, and I believe this spring, if the spring will ever get here, that we are going to be empowered for God's service as never before. So God bless you. Please come as much as you possibly can this week. I plan on being here every single service, and I'm excited about revival. Excited to introduce you to someone you know very well around here. Someone, you know, may, may have thought and even have said before in the past, you know, you know, are we going to have a, a revival this year? And they said, well, who are you going to bring? And I just look at him and smile, you know. I'm a pastor that, that loves results, and I love the, the spirit of God and the power of God. In every revival we've ever had, the results have always been fantastic. And I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And we love our former pastor, Lane and Judy Sargent. And they come, they bring life to us, they bring word to us, and they bring strength to us. And we're so excited that they're here. I want you to welcome Brother Lane Sargent as he comes to minister in revival service this morning. God bless you, sir.
3: Well, good morning. You understand why it's cooler today is just for me. To test my endurance. But no, there is, we'll talk about your pastor a little bit later and, and the building. I stood in it yesterday, freezing, but I stood in it. To see that God is bringing to fulfillment the vision that began at Harlan Park about 35 years ago, actually, back with Robert Graham when they purchased this property, I believe. I don't remember who purchased it. It might have been before Robert. And then to see it fulfilled, to see. Can I just share something with you? When I pastored here, it was Raymond Kahn who had contacted somebody who just sketched a picture of what you see right now. They said, we want to build a church in this area that is aesthetically fits the environment of the buildings that are here. And when I drove up with you yesterday and drove up again this morning and to see the fulfillment of vision, you understand what God's doing? Well, three of you do. Everybody who's awake, say amen. Everybody who's in the flesh, say amen. Everybody who's awake and went in the flesh. I am sensing that God is going to do something that we are going to term as miraculous. But there are no things with him that are miraculous. Everything to him is natural. There are no miracles with him. He's God. And I believe this... This beginning this morning, will you believe, Pastor, that two weeks I was in a revival that for some reason went through Thursday night also? And the pastor on Sunday morning, before I got up to preach, did exactly what you did to introduce me and read the same scripture. As a deer pants. The usage there in the Hebrew is, is that deer had been being chased by somebody who was trying to kill him. And he had found a water stream and the sides of his chest cavity were moving like this. He was out of breath. He had gone as far as he could go. He had done all that he could do. And he was slurping that water. You know what I'm talking about? He wasn't just drinking it. He was pulling it in like a vacuum cleaner. And he said, I'm so thirsty. You know why? He said, if I don't get a drink out of this stream, I can't go another step. Can I tell you this week, the stream is flowing in this house today. As we have been already here in worship, it's time for you to say, I need a drink out of that river. I need to take what I need for my life and go. It's not business that God wants to see you in. It's not saying activities he wants to see you in. We are a church that must awaken and arise and take a drink so we can go on. Do I have anybody in agreement? Do I have anybody that realizes this morning we are living in desperation? times. Folks, when the greatest political football that's being kicked around now is a bathroom, we are in trouble. Hello? If you don't know which bathroom to go to, ask somebody. You say, you must be politically correct. No, I don't. But let me tell you something. Never in my lifetime did I think we would reach a point of the low immorality of America. Never did I think it would reach the point that our political structure would be in collapse simply because they don't have any morals. Never did I think that in our city, in our states, in our federal government, that we would have people who are pushing an agenda that's anti-God, anti-Christian, and coming against everything we stand for. But let me tell you, church, it's time to arise. You cannot arise unless God pours his spirit out on you. Not just in this church this week, but you must arise and go forth and let people know that there is a God who is seated on the throne with all power and all authority, and he is the only solution for what's going on in this world. If you have your Bibles, I think I gave them some scriptures, and they'll start with Joel 2 and 28. That's just a brief introduction. I won't finish this morning, so stay around for round two at 1040, okay? Go get you a donut and come back. I believe that we are standing on the precipice of God breathing unbelievable strength and power into us. Have you ever been so weak? Have you ever been so weary? You thought, I can't go another day, and then all of a sudden God breathes into you, and you can't even explain it, and you stand up. It's like in Ezekiel 37, in Ezekiel 37, where he told the prophet Ezekiel, this is not where I'm headed, and I, probably, like I said, it's going to go so many different ways. If you're looking for homiletical structure, it won't happen today. But I want you to understand that God is for, he woke me up this morning at 2.30 and from 2.30 until 4 a.m. I prayed in the spirit for what God wants to do. So I'm going to get out of the way and let him do what he wants to do. I want you to understand that I am more hungry for God than I've ever been in my life, and I've been in more services in the last two or three weeks than I've ever been in my life. But it's not that. It's that the more I get from him, the more I want, and the more I get, and the more I want, and the more I can have, and the more it just keeps on going. But if, in Ezekiel 37, we'll get to Joel 2 and 28 here in just a moment. But in Ezekiel, he told, that you know the story. It's where he told him to go into the valley of the dry bone. Notice, he didn't say bones, he said dry bones. Now, I pastored long enough to know there are times in my life when I ended up in a valley and I ended up with bones and I ended up with dry bones. Now, look at at this. The bones were not only dry, they were disconnected. Can I tell you something? The only way this church will be successful is if every part of the body is connected Oh my goodness, I got to get down here with you. I don't know how far we're gonna go with this. I'll quit at 9.30, maybe. You've got to be connected. How the law how the enemy destroys and pulls apart a church is there are no connections. The bones not only came together, how did they come together? He said prophesy to the four winds, and when he did, and the wind and the breath of God came in, they stood up, said there was a shaking and a rattling and a noise, and they came together. It's not enough to have revival. The bones have got to come together. If the bones in my hand are not, fingers are not connected with my hand and my hand to my wrist and my wrist to my elbow and my elbow to my shoulder, there is no movement here. Everybody has a place in the body, and that place in the body is where God has placed you, but you must be connected to somebody else. You see, we have a lot of people in church who want to live in what I call territorialism. This is my ministry. This is what I do. Leave me alone. For, no, no. He didn't call you just to do one ministry. He's called you to do ministry. Can I get a little help? There you go. It's all right. See, so y'all, you're so far back, you got to be louder, okay? But when he did it, they came together. Why? Because of the breath of God. Do you sense his breath breathing in this place today? See, Years ago, they were doing a study in Los Angeles, California. And in that study in Los Angeles, California, they were so concerned about the smog. So what they did is they spent thousands, if not maybe millions of dollars, and did a study that went from a year to a year and a half. They had people come in. They did tests. They tested the ocean. They tested the mist. They tested uh, the fog. They tested everything they could. They did it. Thoroughly Spent a lot of money. And on that day when they're supposed to get the report, the city council met and the mayor met and the man who was in charge of the study came in to them and he looked them in the eye after all that money and all that time and all that study. He said, let me tell you something. There is no solution for your pollution. Listen to him. He said, there is no solution for your pollution. What you need is a win from elsewhere. The only solution for America is a wind from elsewhere. And the only way that wind is going to move across America is the bones are going to come together and be connected and let the breath of God breathe through you. Amen? See, you've got to understand it takes God to move through lives. Well, let me give you my text, and most of you know it. In Joel 2 and 28, he said, in the last days, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh. Can I see the hand of everybody who's in the flesh? Uh-oh, Pastor, you got some dead people. We may have to have a funeral. Everybody's in the flesh. Good. What did he say? I'll pour my spirit out on how many? That means you and the person beside you and the person over here and the person over there and the person down the street, the person that's coming later on today. All of us are recipients and available for him to pour out his spirit. Hello. You, he gave the uh, definition of revival in the dictionary. A man years ago gave another definition of revival. as a, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon. He said revival is the inrush of the spirit on a body that threatens to become a corpse. It's God breathing new life into you as he said about the deer panting after the water brook why do we need an outpouring of the holy spirit he also said in the last days does do I have anybody here who is convinced we're living in the last days this is it folks This is the last day outpouring. It's not a time for us to say, well, it's over for the church. No, no, it's time for the church to stand up. Do you realize the reason there is a rampant immorality is because we have hidden ourselves away too long? It's time to arise. Do you not understand that you may have to suffer for the gospel's sake? Hello? We don't want to hear that. But you got doing it. He said, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. And I guess I'm the next category. Your old men will have visions. You say, Are you an old man? I guess I'd be considered an old man. But when I started this journey eight years ago in prayer, the Lord spoke to me and said, Son, the reason I have you where I have you is if you quit dreaming. The young men won't have vision. Did you get it? We got to keep dreaming because it brings forth vision. Vision is not just the structure. I, saw, I, I, I when I walked through your building, I was overwhelmed. But when I walked into the youth area, I saw young people standing around the wall because they didn't have a place to sit. That's called vision. That's called dreaming. Let me tell you something. I saw children running through there. I saw people standing around out and, and, and drinking coffee and sitting around. I saw people coming and going and, and everybody was everywhere. Why? Because that is dreaming that turns into vision and vision is only possible by the power of God. It will not be that building. It will be you as the Holy Spirit works through you. People are going to be drawn to the presence and power of God. He said, in the last days, I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. I'm going to give you four quick points, hopefully quick. If I don't, like I said, you can come back for page two. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? We've been, we've been Pentecostal. I, I wasn't raised Pentecostal. How many of you were not raised in Pentecostal church? Bless your hearts. You're just like me. You came in like I did a few years ago, and I thought these people are nuts. Then I found out they're pretty good nuts. I hung around. I kind of like it. Then I got baptized with the Holy Ghost, and things changed in my life. See, sometimes we look at that word Pentecostal. It's not that you have an identity that just because some manifestation comes forth, it's because you have an identity because of the Holy Spirit flowing through your life. You understand, he does not want to fill you with his Holy Spirit just for you to be a container. He wants you to open the top on that container and pour it out. He wants you to splash it out on somebody. Amen. We've got to learn a lifestyle of spirit-filled people. Eight years I've been traveling, and in those eight years I've found out that the Holy Spirit will work through you in a restaurant, in a place of shopping, Or out in the street or on the side of the highway? Do do you get in what I'm saying? I want to pull you to the place that you understand that there is going to be an outpouring of the Spirit this week, which means that we're going to draw to the heart of God. And the closer you get to the heart of God, the more ministry will flow through you. It's not going to come because you have it learned up here. It's got to come from here to here and flow out right through here. Let me give you point number one. The reason we need the Holy Spirit is conviction. John, John chapter 16, verse 8, he says, The Holy Spirit, I'm sending him to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Say conviction. Conviction is something we'd rather live without sometimes. We want to come to church and get at us enough of God to feel better, but not enough to get under conviction about what we're doing. That's better than you helping me. Y'all better give me some amens. I'm going to give an altar call with all of you. Conviction means that the Holy Spirit has revealed something in you. He said of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That he wants to bring conviction on you. Not to condemn you, but to change you. See, never will he condemn you but he will bring you to that point that the Holy Spirit will bring something to your mind. And when he brings it to your mind and to your heart, you say, you know what, I need to change. Say change. Let's throw that word away. This week we're going to call it transformation. Transformation is where you don't just change. Transformation means you're not the same person that walked in the door. Conviction means something has happened that's got a hold of you that the Holy Spirit has brought to your memory that you should make a transformation. Uh-oh, everybody still okay. All right. Second thing you find with the Holy Spirit is consolidation is my next word. What does that mean? That means the word consolidation, if you look it up, means to bring in unity with affirmation. The greatest destroyer in the church is distraction, and distraction leads to disunity, and disunity leads to scattering, and scattering means nothing is going to happen like God wants it to happen. Everybody still with me? Well, if you go back and read the book of Acts, it said on the the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter two, verse one, they were all in one place and in one accord. Say, one accord. One accord is a word when you look it up and begin to delve into it, you find out that it not only means one accord, it means people of one passion. You know, I found out something. There are people who have a passion for something that they will not stop. My grandson, Mark, y'all remember my son, Mark? Y'all hadn't seen him in years, but he's still around, okay? He has, a, he has my grandson who's 11, I think he's turning 11 years old. He plays baseball. Very good at it. I'm not going to, if I stop there, I'll brag too much. So I won't have no more time. But what I found out is he plays what they call travel ball. I didn't have a clue what that was. You know what I finally told my son, Mark? I said, this isn't baseball. This is a religion. They have big RVs. It's like they're going to a football game or something. They are there. They're sold out. Why? They have a passion for it. And see, see, I have a passion in my leisure time whenever I get it. My passion is to play golf. I don't fish. I don't hunt. But I play golf. Then sometimes I play golf so bad I lose that passion because I think, who in the world ever thought I could do this? What are you saying? I'm saying sometimes you've got to reignite your passion. What drives you in passion? I wonder if I ask you this question now. Are you still driven by the same passion you were driven when you got saved? Are you still driven by that inner push? No, I'm, I'm going to take this away from you right now. God never saved you to sit on the pew and sit and soak and sour. He never called you to sit still. You say, but I've, I've played. No, you don't ever pay your dues. You can't pay your dues to him. You can't reach a point that it's all over. You can't reach a point you just sit down. You can't reach a point you say, well, it's no, no, no. There is more to do for the kingdom than has ever been. You may not can move like you used to, but you can still talk. You may not can do what you used to, but you can still get something done because we need to reignite the passion that works in us, and that passion must work in us together through a certain goal. When I was here, what last October? When'd you break ground? October? In October, and I came back in November and I saw the little bit of work. And then I came back in November, I think Thanksgiving. I climbed up on that tractor, had my picture made like I knew what I was doing. You know, I didn't, but it looked good. But then I come back today and I see the bricks, the steel, everything's coming together. You know why? Somebody had to work together. This, this is not where I thought I was going, Pastor. But sometimes we're good at church uh, having a holy huddle. Oh, everybody still with me? Raise your hand or kind of wave and let me know. Here, Listen to me. you got a job to do. Sometimes as a pastor, I felt like a coach. And by the way, a, a pastor is a coach. You watch it. Alabama has a football team. Y'all probably heard of him. And he's one of the best coaches it's ever been. He's even made, made him forget that bright guy. He's that good. But you let him have a losing season one time, and they'll fire him. You know what it's like to be a pastor? you got to hit a home run every Sunday. This is the way it is. But here's what I want to show you. When you understand that there are people who have the same passion that will work together. I used to as a pastor, I'd gather everybody in the locker room. We'd get in there together. Rah, 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 rah and have those meetings let's go you put your hands together and everybody says yeah and everybody runs out on the field and when I would run out on the football field I look around and all all my people that were going rah 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 were in the stands wow I killed it but I'm going to resurrect it I hope get out of the stands it's easy to cheer y'all still love me It's easy to stand in the stands and yell. But how about being one of those down there getting your nose bloodied? What about one of those in the trenches that's got mud all over you? What about those that's just covered with all, you know, it's time to get in the trenches. There are people in the trenches who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's time we remember that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. What does that mean? He's given you power, which is authority. He's given you love, which is a compassion for the world. And then he's given you a sound mind to use it for the glory of God. If anybody's with me, put your hands together. Give him praise in his house. It's time we realize there is so much to do and so little time to do it in. If I can just wake up somebody, if I can just stir up the gift that is within you, if I can just keep stirring and stirring and stirring till all of a sudden you wake up and say, you know what, it's time for me to get up. It's time for me to get about the Father's business. It's time for me to do something for the kingdom of God. We can't stand by while the rest of the world goes to hell. Got to get busy. If you still agree with me, say amen. We have conviction. Consolidation pulls us together. The third thing I want to tell you about is what I call credentials. Credentials. Credentials are something that give you the authority and the permission to do what you're supposed to do. You Still with me? Paul's one, he said it in 2 Corinthians, he said, I am not coming to you with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. Power is not a word that is a static word. Power is a word dunamis, which means there's an explosiveness within you. Like a battery on a car, it's no good unless you connect the negative and the positive and let there be a flow of current that comes forth. You've got to connect with the negative world and the positive God and let the power flow through you. You still with me? You see, when you understand credentials, a number of years ago, a man who worked for the government in the agricultural department was inspecting cattle. He would go from farmer to farmer and he would go into each field and he would inspect the cattle. This day he went to a farmer and he said to him, I need to inspect your bull. And the farmer said, you can't do that. He said, oh, yes, I can. He said, no, you can't. He said, oh, yes, I can. He flipped out his badge. He said, I'm with the government. I have the authority to go in and inspect your bull. He said, well, go ahead. He opened the gate, shut it behind him. He went over the hill out of sight. The farmer was just standing there waiting on him. All of a sudden, he comes running back over that hill, and that bull is on his trail. He began to yell at the farmer. He said, oh, my goodness, help me. What am I going to do? He said, show him your badge. That is your identity. It's time we show our badge, and our badge is the word of the living God that we are children of God, saved by the grace of God, redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Show your badge. That says you have authority, not authority to do what you want to do, but authority to bring heaven down to earth and let see their transformation in the lives of people. Oh, my. Folks, Pedro Cosili Morando Ribacoria Sedido La macaya. Do you? If you're getting this, say I'm getting it. I want you to get it in here and I want you to get it here. The hardest place in church is to get it from here to here. It's not whether you know what I preach. It's not whether you know my text. It's not whether I preach good or bad. If I'm still doing that, I'm out of work. I'm not preaching to impress anybody, but get it from here to here. Because once you get it here, you'll never be the same. See, those credentials give you the authority. See, when man fell in the garden, God didn't lose any power. He lost his channel for his authority. And they've given it back to us through the Holy Spirit, which was promised by Jesus when he ascended to the Father. Amen. I'm down to about three minutes, so I'm going to hurry, okay? Say three minutes. Y'all believe I can do three minutes? Uh, y'all looking doubtful now. I'll give you the fourth point. If you want to hear, you mean to fill all this in? Come back to page two. I feel like Paul Harvey. Anybody remember him? Page two. The last one is uh, is uh, catching away, all of seized, catching away. Romans eight and eleven says this: the same Spirit that was in Jesus. That raised him from the dead is the same spirit that what? Dwells in you. And what will happen? He shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit. Explain that. I'm glad you asked. This is the rapture of the church. The same spirit that brought Jesus out of that grave is the same spirit that's going to bring you out. The same spirit that is in you today is the one that's going to change your life when Jesus comes back. How many believe again that we're living in the last days? And he said in that last day, I'm going to pour out my spirit. He also said in the last day that he is going to descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ. How are they going to rise first? That same spirit that was in Jesus that brought him forth is going to go in, bring them out, and we're all going to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, he said in that last day, he said that trumpet shall sound. Oh, Lord. What? See, we spend a lot of time looking for glorious sights when we should be listening for a glorious sound. We should be listening Because I don't want him to come back for me to escape. I want him to come back because I want to be with him. I don't want to live in escapism. Lord, take me out of this sinful world. Take me out of all this. No, 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 no. I want to live with an expectation that I'm standing on my tiptoes and I'm looking for him to come back. You ever been to a place where you were too short and you couldn't see? maybe a parade or something like that, or everybody was looking at it, everybody would have said, oh, that's wonderful, and you were so short you had to do this. When you read in the book of Romans that it says that the, the earth is groan in travail, looking with expectation for his return, that translation there is standing on your tiptoes. It's time, church, stand up, look up, lift up, Get up on the end of your toes and say, could this be the day? Let this be the dawning of that day. Let the Holy Spirit that is within me bring me forth and let's all go to heaven together. You see, not to escape, but to fulfill what God has said and to do what he wants us to do and then to be ready to stand before him and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Jesus. Father, you've awakened me twice this week. You don't do that just to be doing it. When I pray in the Holy Spirit like I did, Lord, you're interceding for somebody who's here this morning. I don't know who they are, but you do. Somebody, Lord, has reached their nth degree. Somebody, Lord, has said, you know what, I think I'll just give up. Somebody, Lord, said I can't take anymore. Lord, let this be the day that they must show in the name of Jesus while he plays, sings, whatever it is, move to the nearest aisle. And come in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless this couple who's come. Is there anybody else? I'm going to pray with this couple. I know our time is limited. But if you need prayer, if you're here this morning and you need prayer and you're not physically able to walk down here, tell somebody to come and get us, okay? We'll come where you are. But I feel like there's somebody else.
0: Oh God, make it ever true. Change my heart, oh God. is what I pray change my heart oh God make it ever This is what I pray. Change my heart, oh God. Make it ever true. Change my heart. Make it ever.
3: This is what I pray now you don't have to carry it anymore it seemed as though the load was overwhelming he is showing me you with your hands hanging down sometime, but he said, "Right now, he is giving you the lifting spirit." See, the scripture says, "When the enemy comes in like a flood." No, 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 that's not what it means. It says, "When the enemy comes in, comma like a flood, the spirit raises up a standard. Like a flood, the spirit's raising up." Right, lift your hands right where you stand in the name of Jesus. Do you sense the Holy Spirit? Would you lift your hands and just honor Him? There's something going on, folks. There's something deep in this place. Wow. I know we got to go, but this couple, I'm standing in front of you now. You're holding hands, and he's got on a green shirt, it looks like. Look at me. While I was preaching, something connected in here. And he said to tell you the reason it connected is he's preparing you now for what he has in your future. Does that make sense? The preparation time sometimes gets long. The preparation sometimes gets hard. But he said, hold on. There is something he is going to do through you that will restore joy and strength into your life. Do you receive that? Raise both of your hands together. Well, go pray for him, Pastor. My Lord, something's going on in the house. Something's going on in the house.
0: You are. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
3: Yes. Yes. I, if you have to go, I understand. But I'm in a presence of God right now that I'm just enjoying it, okay? Lift your hands one more time and just soak it in. This is what I call a soaking time. Soak it in like a sponge. Because you're gonna have to give it away, so you gotta soak it in. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. By your Barion, Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my Lord, by <sighs> your As your pastor's coming, here's what he wants you to know. You are a sponge this morning. You ever see a sponge that's laying over there that's been used, it's brittle and dry? Then all of a sudden you put water in it and it expands. He said that's what he's doing for you. But you can take that sponge, fill it so full of water that all you got to do is touch it and water runs out. He said that's what he's doing to you. When you get out there next week, wherever you work, wherever you live, somebody's going to touch you. It's going to flow out of you. Wow. Oh, my Lord. Glory. Glory. My God. At this beginning of this meeting, the Ray Phillips who walked in here this morning, will not be the same Ray Phillips that walks out Thursday night. I told you when you started the building program, I tried my best to talk you out of it because I've been there. And I know what it's like. But this is your refreshing. This is your renewal. He said you're going to mount up with wings as an eagle. You're going to run. The reason you're not going to be weary is because of him. You're going to walk. When you feel like fainting, he's going to pick you up. He said, they did what? Wait. The weight is a word that means to weave yourself around something and hold on. He said to tell you, don't ever forget, he's your rope of hope. Whew. You know how much I love you. You're like a son to me. But God is fulfilling through you the dream I dreamed 30 years ago. Before I ever came to this church, I dreamed it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come back to the next service and I'll share with you the dream and you that I had in northern Ohio.
4: Let's pray and be dismissed this morning. Father, we come to you. We thank you. We honor you, and we bless your name. We praise your name, Jesus. We thank you for this word that touches our hearts. It begins the process and the work, God, that I believe you're going to do in us this week. We honor you. We're submitted. We're committed to revival. We honor you today in Jesus' name. Now go with your people, the church, Lord, leaving this place to go and be a light everywhere they go. In the name of Jesus Christ we praise. Amen. God bless you.